Hello, this is Andrea Harkins. Welcome to the Martial Arts Woman Podcast. How are you today? I hope things are going well and that you're using your positivity and martial art mindset. 2020 is definitely a unique year so far, and I'm sure we all experience some stress from it from time to time. Sometimes you just don't know what to expect, and you also do not know what the future holds. But one thing that you do know is what is important to you. So stay true and keep pushing through. Today, I have the incredible opportunity to speak to Trina Pellegrini, fifth degree in combat hapkido and all-around amazing woman. She's taken self-defense in a new direction in her women-only, hands-on, empowering seminar called True, and we'll talk a little bit more about that later. She knows a bit about self-defense after being attacked twice and successfully defending herself, and we'll also talk about that. She's taken her experiences and her grit mainstream to other women, where she reminds them that anything can happen at any time, so it is best to be prepared. Trina is an accomplished martial artist and entrepreneur who's making positive differences in the world. But first, a brief word of caution, as there is some discussion about abuse in here. It's not graphic, but I wanted to warn you ahead of time. From sexual and mental abuse for years as a child, Trina evolved through her martial art practice. She's dedicated to training other women's self-defense, so hopefully they never experience some of what she's gone through in her life. But her story is enlightening and fascinating, and she proves that being a martial art woman is a concept that cannot be described in mere words. She's got more than 25 years of martial art experience, and along with being a master instructor in combat hapkido, she's a black belt in taekwondo, a certified instructor in tai chi, and more. She's the founder and the director of the system we've been talking about, TRU, T-R-U, Personal Protection for Women. She's internationally recognized seminar leader and lecturer in women empowerment, self-defense, and personal safety and security. She's also the author of the book, Legacy, Journey of a Martial Arts Pioneer, and the recipient of numerous martial art awards and accolades. So let's get talking to Trina Pellegrini. Hi, Trina. Welcome to the Martial Arts Woman podcast show. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to get the chance to talk to you. I know we've talked and chatted and done things together over over time, but it's been a while. So yes. really super happy to have you on and get to talk to you again today. How are you doing? I am doing fabulous. How are you? I'm good. Excellent. Really hanging in there, you know, strange times, but I'm making it work. What yes. Can you do? Um, well, absolutely nothing. You just have to keep pushing forward. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so um, you're doing some fun things these days, though. I noticed that you have a new show with Cynthia Rothrock that I, I try to tune into when I can on Facebook. So yes. what is that about and what prompted that to uh, occur? Um, well, you know, with everything that was going on uh, at the beginning of the lockdown, uh, Cynthia was stuck at home. And uh, for everyone that knows Cynthia, they know that she never stays at home. Yeah. <laughs> right. So um, a 
around that time, uh, her dog Bobo passed away and she was really uh, devastated by that. And so we were talking a lot and came up with the idea to start doing a little talk show on Facebook because a lot of people were having a very difficult time. Um, some people are alone during this and they're in lockdown and, and they virtually have no one to talk to. And we have some really great conversations. We love to laugh and we have some great stories. And so we decided that we were going to start doing that for people on Facebook. And we just didn't expect it to take off the way that it did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's so awesome. You know, you yeah. know, you don't know what to expect and when no. you get good, good success and results then, and, yeah. and it's just to do a kind thing and to, have something positive and productive to do during this time. And then to share that with other people, I think it's super. And the show is very funny. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it, it, um, we started out doing it probably three times a week and, and doing like an hour at a time, which is not easy. And mm -hmm. then we said, okay, you know, we need to slow this down a little bit. We're going to run out of things to talk about or you know, stories to tell. And then we said, well, you know, why don't we invite someone on the show to be with us? Right. And our first guest was master Ken. And it, I mean, I think we're up to about 17, 18,000 views already. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, he's a favorite. <laughs> yes. Um, and it just, he was like, I don't even know what you all are doing. And we said, well, neither do we, but we're having fun. We, we call our show uh, Sin and Trina straight out of the box. And uh, we have little merchandise now. And <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. Well, congrats on that. I'll definitely share the links and information on your show well, uh, when you. I publish this. Thank you. So, you're welcome. So let's get into Trina as the martial artist. Uh, and a little bit of background. How old were you when you began martial arts? And why did you begin? Well, um, I was 17 when I started. And uh, I started in Taekwondo. Um, I really started because of my little brother. He was taking Taekwondo at the time and kept begging me to come and watch him. And so I did. I, I went and I ended up signing up for classes that night and I started taking Taekwondo and I was, uh, since I was 17, I was allowed to join the Hapkido class as well. Mm -hmm. And I fell in love with Hapkido. So, um, for those of you that don't know, um, I did have, a, a not a very pleasant childhood, um, and that was one of the reasons that I wanted to learn how to protect myself. And about a month and a half after I had started taking my Taekwondo classes, I got attacked while I was at work and I got away. And I mean, that just, for me, that sealed the deal. I was in love and I wanted to continue doing it forever. Yeah. Well, that's crazy. And we'll talk a little bit more about that mm -hmm. a little bit later too, because okay. a, a lot of women, that is a, a, a reason many women um, take martial arts is to overcome a situation or make sure they don't get into a situation. <laughs> anyway, so that's, that's really interesting. And what did your brother think about you taking class? Were you in class with him? 
No. Okay. Um, he was in uh, he was in the younger class and I was in the later class. So, uh -huh. but he absolutely loved it. Um, he did it for several months and then we ended up moving out of okay. the state and there was, there was not a martial arts school anywhere near where we moved. So he did stop. Um, I moved back to Florida when I turned 18 and, uh, we'll discuss that later too. Cause yeah. I ended up marrying my instructor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Always an interesting story. With that. Yes. <laughs> um, and, and when you were taking classes, were there mostly Men, men or women? It was mostly men. Yeah. Yeah. There was, so. there was a couple of women in the Taekwondo class. Mm -hmm. But when I switched completely over to the Hapkido class, I mean, maybe there was one other woman, woman in there. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Did that present any problem for you? I mean, did you have any concerns about that? Uh, it was very intimidating at first. Having been abused by a man, um, you know, and then you're putting yourself in a situation. But, you know, again, since, well, at the time he was my boyfriend, but um, since he was there, I was okay. But I don't know, maybe if I had just been another student, if I would have felt differently, because right. I, I knew that he wouldn't let anything happen to me. So. Okay. Um, but I do know from talking to women that that is one of the things that stop them from going to a martial arts class. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So you did, you have talked a little bit about your instructor who's now been your husband for quite some time. Yes. Um, so is he the main instructor that you've trained with? He has been my main instructor. Um, I have had the opportunity to train with some of the, the greatest uh, martial arts masters and grandmasters in the world. I'm, I'm very blessed and lucky that way. One of them being my friend, Cynthia Rothrock. Mm -hmm. um, our Hapkido grandmaster is um, Grandmaster Ensign Seo. So I've trained with him. He's phenomenal. Uh, Bill Superfoot Wallace, of course, Christine Banyan, Rodriguez. Um, I got to train with the late Joe Lewis, um, Don the Dragon. I, I mean, just so many, so many. Yeah. I'm very blessed. That's really wonderful. A lot of people don't get those experiences. I personally have never trained with those types of, of people. And mm -hmm. But one of my messages really to listeners of the show and, and women is that there is a whole realm of martial art women out there yes. who have different training experiences, who have different instructors. Some are from small towns. Some are from big places. It, mm -hmm. it really doesn't matter. Your martial art experiences as a woman are yours. Right. They're important. They're valuable. And so that's why I love sharing these different stories Absolutely. like yours of, yeah, of different martial art women. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So how did testing work? Because if you trained, if you did train under your husband, mostly, let's say, um, because I haven't, I, I trained my own children. So I know in, in training my children, I was pretty hard on them, much harder than I was on other students. Yes. And I expected more. Yes. So in your situation, it's you know, a little bit like that. How, how did you work out the testing and different aspects of your training? Well, we decided um, very early on that he was not going to test me because 
I never wanted anyone to come back and say, well, you know, you didn't earn it. You got it just because you're his wife. Mm -hmm. So I have to go out and find someone that will test me that will not give it to me because I'm his wife that will, that will be hard on me. And if I don't deserve it, I don't want it. So Mm -hmm. um, it it does take me a lot longer to test because I have to search (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't I don't have any near me either. So that's yeah. the other thing. That doesn't make it easy. No. <laughs> so well, tell us a little bit about your husband because he's a very well known martial artist and does a lot of training yes. uh, for people all over the world. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about him then. So um, for those of you that don't know, my husband is Grandmaster John Pellegrini. He is the founder of Combat Hapkido. We started the International Combat Hapkido Federation in 1992. We started it uh, together. Um, I was 18 at the time, and I did not even know how to type. So that was fun. (laughs) Um, He just... I'm. I mean, I don't know if it was the time or what, but I mean, he just took off and we, we became very popular fairly quickly. Um, I want to say that he's probably done seminars in 50 different countries. At one time he was gone probably 43, 46 weekends a year uh, always on the road. So he is slowing down now. We've been in business for, uh, 28 years, which uh, I, I can't wrap my head mm. on that. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Isn't it funny when you get to look back at the years and you're like, Hey, how'd that happen? Exactly. Yeah. So. I'm like, Whoa. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. Um, he, he is just one of these people that he has such a personality and he loves, absolutely loves to teach and share his knowledge with people. So um, I am so proud of him. And in January, I, well, last year I had got together with a bunch of his peers um, that include Bill Superfoot Wallace, uh, Cynthia Rothrock, um, Grandmaster Frank Sanchez, Alan Goldberg, um, and a couple of others. And they all promoted him to 10th degree black belt in Hapkido and in combat Hapkido. So I was really happy that I could uh, make that happen for him. And we presented it to him in Atlantic, the hall of fame. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. It was really nice. That's a great, a great history of, of martial arts, of helping others. Of, it's something everybody aspires to have and do is to have that longevity and the yeah. importance and the value of martial arts and spreading that. And then being recognized at Absolutely. some point is always very exciting. Absolutely. So I guess we're going to, I'd like to go back a minute about some of the experiences in your life that prompted you to to train in martial arts. I know you talked about your brother and how that drew you in going mm-hmm. to his class. Um, but you had some difficult times and a couple of 
assault type situations. Yes. So I was wondering if you could touch, even though it's a bit of a heavy topic, it's important <laughs> because a lot of women face these things. It is. Absolutely. So before we, yeah, before we talk about your, your program, mm-hmm. uh, maybe you could talk a little bit about some of those experiences and what happened there. Sure. Um, and this is something that, yeah, it's a very heavy topic, but I do talk about it in my seminars. Um, so I was um, uh, sexually abused from a very young age. Um, The first time that I recall, I was about three years old and um, it just progressively got worse over the years. Uh, It was by a a relative and, um, you know, pedophiles, they have their whole spiel down. They, They tell their victims, don't tell anybody. I'll kill you. Um, don't tell anybody. They won't believe you. They'll send you away. Um, he told me that he would kill my little brother. Uh, I mean, just the just the stuff. And then he would, um, obviously, as I got older, the abuse escalated. And uh, also at home, um, my father was physically abusive. Um, so that, that made it very, very difficult for me. Um, and a lot of people that are abused sexually, physically, mentally, um, everybody handles it differently. And um, I just tried to not think about it. And I, I got to the point that I was so depressed that when I was 13, um, I was sitting in front of my fish tank with a knife on my wrist, just, you know, thinking about, okay, who's going to find me in the morning. Um, And then ultimately I decided I can't leave my little brother. I I just can't. He was my baby. Um, So I said, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do this. I am going to take a stand. I can't take this anymore. You know, I, I went through this whole range of emotion of why me, uh, pity party crying. And then I said, Nope, I am, I'm going to do something about this. And the next time that that man touches me, um, I'm going to do something. I didn't know what I was going to do, but, um, I knew I was going to do something. So, um, I saw him about a month later, my mother took me over there and left me. Uh, because that was the thing, um, you know, oh, you stay in with your cousins and, you know, blah, blah, blah. The other thing that he would hold over my head was that if I didn't do it, he would go and get his stepdaughter or he would get my cousin. And I was the oldest of all of us. So <clears throat> I didn't want them to experience what I was going through. So uh, unfortunately, I later found out that he was using that with them as well. Um, So we all thought we were doing something really good. And uh, (laughs) it turns out that it's horrible. Yeah. Um, But that night I, um, I did take a stand. He came in and, and um, you know, I don't want to be too graphic, but you know, grab my hand and put it on a certain part of his body. And I had been letting my fingernails grow out. And okay. I just, I did my utmost best to rip it off. Yeah. And 
I told him that if he went to sleep in that house, he would not wake up in that house because I was done. I was at the end of my rope. I was going to tell everyone. I mean, uh, and he did not stay in the house that night. He did leave. And my, to my shame though, I kept my mouth shut. I, I was so in fear of everything that was going on and you know, he had followed through on a couple of his promises. He would put a knife to my throat. Um, he put a gun in my mouth one time. So I was terrorized. Um, yeah, and then, that's scary. Yes. So but thankfully, we um, we moved out of state, and I never had to see him again. So, okay. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask how we how you finally got out of that situation at a, at a young age. What what you know, what could you possibly do? Yes. So I'm glad that, that you had to move. And and then I, I still never told anyone. I think I was probably 30, 35. And I finally told my grandmother. And I mean, she just, she cried. And I, I told my little brother who went on to become a police officer. Mm -hmm. he, um, he lives in uh, Missouri. That's where we're from. Yeah. And um, he did become a police officer. And I told him because he has a daughter, I said, do not ever, ever go down there. Don't don't take your children around him. And he asked me why. And I said, well, I'm not ready to tell you yet. But, you know, I, th I think just by me saying that you 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 can kind of get an idea. And he said, OK. And then when I was ready, uh, mentally prepared, you know, that's not something that you want to tell your little brother. Right. Sorry. No, I'm sorry to have you even talk about it. No, no. It's, um... And this happens, you know, sometimes when I'm, when I'm teaching a seminar, um, you know, all of this stuff just kind of comes out. We just kind of all sit there and go, Oh, you know, yeah. because we, we realize that this happens way more often than, mm -hmm. than we think. So, I eventually did tell him uh, a couple of weeks later and, um, and he said, well, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. And, and, you know, did you ever tell anyone else? And I said, well, I told grandma and now, you know, um, I don't speak to my parents, uh, anymore. I had to mm -hmm. sever that relationship because they're just, you know, um, not for me. And so um, I, I never even told them. So I don't know, maybe you're going to listen to this and <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> and then they'll know. <laughs> um, I just want to, I want to thank you. I know that was very difficult and very heartfelt. Uh, and there are going to be women out there who are going to relate to this. Yes. Or men or others. Absolutely. Uh, it, it happens. And to know that you were able to get through it somehow. And I know that martial arts later helped you with this. Yes. Um, so it, thank you for, for sharing that. Absolutely. Now, after your, um, you did have some other interesting stories about getting <laughs> attacked uh, after your, I think after you began martial arts. Yes. And those, those moments actually became somewhat empowering to you because you recognized that you could defend yourself. Yes. So what, what happened there? Well, 
after I started um, taking Taekwondo, like I said, I had only been doing it for about a month and a half. And I worked in an Amoco gas station in Fort Lauderdale. And a customer came in. It was a Sunday morning. Um, the customer was known to me because I had been working there for probably a year. Mm-hmm. And it was Sunday. I was wearing my Amoco um, shirt and I had on a, like a jean skirt and, uh, he came in and he distracted me and I'll, I'll, I'll never, ever forget. He had this big fat cigar that wasn't lit in his mouth and he set it down on the counter as he was distracting me. And he reached up behind me and grabbed the back of my head and slammed it down into the counter and was holding me down, um, and it felt like he had eight arms and I, I just lifted up my foot and I kicked him in the kneecap and he let me go. And I stood up, you know, I'm kind of dazed and you know, I just got my head bashed and I screamed because my boss was in the back upstairs mm-hmm. and he came running down and uh, it, it was a whole thing. But I was like, after it was all over, I said, Oh my gosh, you know, he was holding me down. He was, he had his hands everywhere and I did one little kick and I got away. It was so empowering. And I went back to class the next day and my instructor uh, says to me, what happened to you? I had a big, Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I had a big what, what do you do? on my forehead. <laughs> And so I'm, I'm telling him all about it. And, uh, you know, this is what happened. And I did a, a little sidekick to his kneecap and he let me go. And I screamed like a mad woman. And <laughs> <laughs> well, good for you. Yes. <laughs> so, That's what we need to know. And we're going to talk about your program because it's really based on those simple yes. techniques. Uh, is that when we're talking about self-defense, aside from martial arts, self-defense does not need to be complicated. No. And uh, I know we and I have talked about that in the past, that there are very simple things that you can do mm-hmm. that can save your life or get you out of a situation. And I know you, you do those movements and those techniques in your program, your true program. Yes. Um, there- so, yeah, go ahead. Um there's also the the difference between studying a martial art and learning some self-defense. Right. So, yes, I do the martial arts, but I don't teach the martial arts. I, I did develop the, the program for women that are not going to become martial mm-hmm. artists. We are. So, right. That's yeah. a good point to make. Um, and a lot of times self-defense programs are outside the realm of martial arts or yeah. outside the realm of practicing or studying a martial art. And I know that what mm-hmm. you do is, is focused specifically on self-defense for women. So yeah. tell us what the name of your program is, what that stands for. And then um, tell us just a little bit more about the program itself. So I wanted something to empower women and I called my, I guess what I do, unafraid women, but I said, you know, that's, that's not enough. I need something else. So I named 
my system, the true system. Okay. T-R-U. And that stands for trained, ready, unafraid. I created a fantastic little logo. I just love my logo so much. It is a woman symbol. Mm-hmm. My interpretation of a woman symbol. And then inside is the characters for power and energy. Um, it's, it's kind of the universal symbol for power and energy. So my logo literally means woman power, woman energy. Mm-hmm. And cool. I absolutely love it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so what does the, what, what do these stand for ready? Um, does that mean just be ready for whatever happens? What are, what are your thoughts on well, that? One of the things that, one of the biggest things that I teach is situational awareness. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I also teach live in yellow. Don't walk around with your rose colored glasses on and your head down in your phone, not paying attention. I, when I do my seminar, I give statistics. I go over a study that, um, the FBI did with a doctor uh-huh. where they went into prisons and they, they showed prisoners videos of people and they asked them, which one would you pick if you were going to rob them or rape them or something like that? And all of the prisoners chose the same people. Interesting. There, there was really no variation. Um, it didn't matter if it was a big guy or a small woman, um, an older person, a younger person. It was the mannerisms and the things that they were doing at the time when the criminal was watching that determined if they would attack them or not. And the biggest one was they were not paying attention. Right. So I'm very big into situational awareness. Um, when women walk in, now I'm going to give my secret away. Oh, but... no, a secret. Wait, <laughs> I'm going to have to insert some music here. <laughs> Trina's secret is coming up right now. Okay, Trina, <laughs> what's the so, secret? When, yes, it's a secret, but I'm not going to tell you. No. <laughs> when, um, when I go somewhere to do a seminar, I obviously go in probably half an hour, 45 minutes early to set up. I'm also looking around for all of the entrances, exits. Uh, what does that door go to? Mm-hmm. I'm doing a whole inventory because I want to know where I am. You know, I'm, a, I'm also in an unfamiliar place. So when the women now start arriving, I hide somewhere and I watch <laughs> out of their car. Right. <laughs> How are they walking in here? You know, do they pay attention to what, what they're parking next to? And then I have a little questionnaire that they have to fill out. You know, I will be wearing uh, a particular shirt and let's say it's a, it's a yellow shirt with an elephant on it. And then as soon as everyone comes in, I tell them, okay, you know, um, sit down, I'll be right back. And I change my shirt. And one of the questions on there is, what color shirt was I wearing? What animal was on my shirt? Oh, great. <laughs> uh, I want to gauge their yes. 
situational awareness. <laughs> so true. That's a great activity <laughs> because so, we don't pay attention to those things, do we? A lot of times. Well, I do, but <laughs> I know you do because you're trained to do it. And, you know, that's a great reminder that yes. sometimes you have to train yourself to understand that you need to look around. It's, it's not always yeah. natural. Yeah. It's not it a natural not. thing. And I also teach them a little, and, and this is what I mean by trained. Um, this is also something that I teach them to do with their children. Okay. Let's see how many people are wearing uh, a blue shirt today or something. And you can pick anything like, I, I don't know if you play that game. I always played the game with my son, uh, banana. Mm -hmm. And that's any yellow car that you see, but it can't be a commercial vehicle. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so my son is very situationally aware as well, mm -hmm. because I started teaching him at a very young age to pay attention and, and not, you know, have his head in his phone or whatever. So that is, that is really the, one of the most important things that I teach. And I have had women later come back and, and tell me, wow, you know, I was in a situation, but I was paying attention. And so nothing happened type thing. And yeah. I'm like, excellent. Thank you for sharing that with me. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. That's a great, those are great points, Trina. Thank you. Uh, the situational awareness is, is valid and it really is a lifesaver. Yes. Um, so absolutely. sometimes defense comes down to simply awareness mm -hmm. and it's the first line of defense, I guess you could say. It is. Yes. It's the, the one that I stress the most to women. Um, because again, going back to that study, mm -hmm. That was the main thing that a criminal is looking for. They want to surprise you. They don't want to fight you. Um, you know, that's why they come up to you and, and maybe they put their hand in their pocket and say, you know, I have a gun. Mm -hmm. Well, you don't know if they do or not, but, you know, you weren't paying attention and you let somebody get that close to you. You know, just yeah. come with me. Don't, don't make a sound and I won't hurt you. Well, yeah, you are. <laughs> You're not going to lunch, are you? <laughs> I know. Seriously, these people. Um, yeah. And, and the world is that way. You, you have to be aware because you can't, you can't think that everybody is nice, unfortunately, or that no. everybody is out there to protect you. Um, right. There are bad things and bad people. I'm a very positive person. I don't dwell mm -hmm. on those things. No. But mm -hmm. as you said, being aware and having at least some background and, and understanding how to defend yourself with awareness and other techniques, you are mm -hmm. putting the odds in your favor that you will not encounter those situations. Yeah. I think one of the funniest questions that people ask women martial artists is, uh, have you ever had to use your martial art in real life? Yes. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like kick and crunch somebody or something? No, honestly, I haven't. Um, but part of that is because I'm, I'm very aware of my yes. surroundings. I yes. personally don't like to go out at night in the dark by myself. I, that yes. might sound stupid to some people, but I don't want to do that. And if right. I do, I want to make sure it's well lit. I want to make sure I know what time the store closes and how I get in or whatever it might be. Right. And those are just the personal things that I put into place. But 
you know, I laugh. No. And first of all, kicks, unless like what you did um, mm-hmm. to the shin or something are not always effective self-defense techniques, especially right. if somebody's running at you. I mean, are you going to really yeah. just stick your foot out and try to do a kick? It, it's just not going to work. <laughs> but, um, you know, so it's a funny kind of a misconception that um, just because you learn a martial art and you're a woman that you've, you know, hey, have you flipped a guy before? Well, yeah, yeah. class, but, you know, yeah. it's not something I'm going to do <laughs> in the parking lot unless, you know, the, the situation is perfectly right. Exactly. So, well, you know, you, it's funny because you also have um, nowadays, you also have a liability when hmm. you defend yourself because, Let's say someone is attacking you and you manage to do something and you drop them and they hit their head at an angle and they die. Yeah. Even though you were defending yourself, you're going to have again in a court of law. Yeah. And that's one thing that, you know, people don't understand. I mean, I, I absolutely would defend myself to the death if, if it came down to it, but, you know, I need to also be prepared that I'm probably going to have to defend myself in court as well. Right. Right. And you really need to temper your response or your defense with what the aggression is towards you. And somebody's just, you know, mouthing off at you and you can walk away, you know, you walk away, you don't have to decide that you're going to punch the guy or something like that, or the woman, whatever it might be. Exactly. And Sorry. Um, that is exactly what happened to me in a Walmart parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness for your, today's our learning lessons with Trina on <laughs> dealing with very difficult life situations. <laughs> uh, you know, I, w- I will just say, don't go to Walmart during Christmas time. It's, it's yeah. not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was over a parking space and I was actually just trying to leave my parking space because I had done my shopping. I was, I just wanted to leave, but you know how people are. I need to get the closest space in the front. And I, I had a situation where I had two cars opposite um, that wanted my space and I'm trying to pull out and go and another car pulls up and now I can't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And the younger passenger, female, I would say she was maybe 18, 20. And I was probably 26, 27, something like that. Uh, She gets out of her car, uh, passenger side, her mother was driving and she comes over and hits the hood of my brand new car. Oh, geez. (laughs) And I was like, And so I get out of the car and I'm, I'm going to try and talk to her and tell her, you know, if you move, I'll move. And then, you know, we're going to be fine. And the other thing that I always teach, this is the second thing that I teach is hands up. You need to protect your head. You never know what's coming toward you. And if your hands are hanging down by your side, it, takes a lot longer to get them up. So, you know, the classic, like, don't hurt me with your hands yeah. to the side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I teach it hands in the front. So you still look like you're, you're going like, Hey, you know, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. But you're also protecting your face and your midline. Okay. So this girl, I don't know. I had long, really long hair at the time and it was in braids in the front. So I don't know if she was 
going to punch me in the face or if she was going to try and grab my hair. But um, since my hands were already up, I did a brush trap strike. I locked her up. I turned her around. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And she was like, what just happened? (laughs) I had her in a lock with her arm up behind her back. And I reached around with my other one and I put the ridge of my hand um, under her chin and I pulled her head way back. And so, you know, she stretched way out and we started walking back to her car. And I was um, talking to her about bad life choices. (laughs) (laughs) And I put her back in her vehicle. Uh, Her door was open and uh, I put her back in her vehicle and I said, you know, uh, just, leave. I I don't want any more of this. Uh, So I kind of back up. Somebody else backs up so that now the mother can can go past me. And the mother stops and starts yelling at me. And and I said, oh, you want some too? Mm -hmm. And I opened my door and and they took off. And I had these guys come over. They're like, oh my gosh, are you you like a police officer? And I said, no. (laughs) <laughs> uh, and they're like, wow, you know, we were going to come over and help, but we saw you and you're like, boom, bah, bah. <laughs> so we, we were like, you know, never mind. Yeah. And like, I said, I, I really appreciate that, that you wanted to assist, you know, thank you. Um, you know, everybody have a Merry Christmas and, you know, take care. I get back in my car. I get to the end of that row when my adrenaline dumped and I had to park again because I was shaking so bad. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's so cool that on the spot, you know what to do. That's Mm -hmm. the important thing. Yeah. I mean, I think afterwards, anyone in any kind of altercation, they're going to have that feeling of what just happened. How did it, what did I do? I'm glad I did it. Yeah. Let me just calm down for a minute before I do anything else. I was so, like, how did I do that? I, 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 yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It just happened, but that's good training. You know, that's from, yeah. that's from the training and the techniques and working things over and over. So very yeah. valuable lesson for all of us. Yes. Um, and the other thing that you talk about sometimes is the importance of a woman teaching other women. Do you yes. want to touch on that for a minute? Well, like I said uh, before, going back to women being abused, there are a lot of times that a woman, you know, maybe she's been raped or she's in a domestic violence situation and she's just not going to be comfortable walking into a martial arts school that has a male instructor and, and has a bunch of guys in there and she mm-hmm. maybe does not have another woman. It, it, first of all, it's very hard for them to walk in there to see that it's full of men. Um, there is kind of, and, and I kind of thought this too, which is why it took me so long to even go and watch my little brother, because I had a vision of it's going to be dirty, sweaty, bare chested mm-hmm. men. You know? right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I don't, you know, I don't want to be there. Yeah. So when I go out and do a seminar, one of the things that I promote is women only, you know, let's, 
let's start out women only. Let's get some confidence. Let's learn some of these techniques. Then I will ask if I have one available, I will ask, are you okay if I bring a guy in so that I can demonstrate that these really do work? And so uh, only one time I've had somebody say, no, no, I, I can't. And mm-hmm. I said, okay, absolutely. I respect that. Right. But um, I will bring a guy in and I will do a technique or two. And then I'll ask, you know, who would like to come up here and try this and see if you can really do it. And I had this one young lady, she was so scared. I mean, it it was a ground technique that we were doing because I also do very simple ground just in case Mm -hmm. you get knocked around. And she, she said, I really want to do it. I think she was about 15, 16. She said, I really want to do it, but I'm scared. And she burst into tears. And I said, well, how about I get my training partner? I trust him. I said, you know, I have issues. Um, mm-hmm. I don't use anyone. Um, so I get my training partner and I will sit right next to you while you do this. And she said, okay. And she was sobbing the whole entire time, but she did the technique. And I mean, just the joy on her face. I did it. I did it. You know, oh my gosh, Trina, I did it. Right. <laughs> yeah, it just, it's fabulous. Such a beautiful moment for sure. Yeah. Well, I know our time's running out here. You have some other things, of course, to get to today. I just want one last little bit of information from, from you. And that is if you could give just a sentence or two of some kind of inspiration for the listeners on the importance of martial arts or why they should take a martial art or even a self-defense training and, and why that's important. Well, uh, I mean, for me, I would just say that being a woman, um, I always want to be able to protect myself. Unfortunately, we are victims of crime more than men, we are victims of different crimes, let's say, Mm -hmm. than men. Um, And being able to defend yourself is one of the most empowering things in the world. And it's, you know, like you, um, you have children and I have a child, although he's, you know, he lives in Wisconsin, but Um, when he was growing up, just the thought that if something happens, I can protect my child. Uh, It is the most empowering thing in the world. And truly, I think if you're not going to do a martial art, at least take some self-defense classes Mm -hmm. to just to get some kind of skill. I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. And Trina, um, I'll go ahead and post some information about True, even though I know right now I don't think you're working your program because of the situation that we're in. But, of course, you'll probably plan to reopen, and um, I'd like to share that information. So I will will do that. Thank you. And at this point, I just really want to thank you again for being on the show. It was very enlightening, so much information that is important to, to women and to any listener, um, yeah. all of these things really are not 
gender specific all the time, but um, it's good for all of us to, to be aware. So thank you again. Have a wonderful day. And we'll talk again real soon. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And by the way, uh, congratulations on your master's degree. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the martial art woman is always striving for more. So. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Thanks again and have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too. Okay. Bye, Trina. Bye.